if you turn into your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. As you're turning there, if you would stand with me at home. Brother Andrew made me stand to sing the other night, so I'm going to make everybody else stand. Amen? No, I'm just joking. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, and we'll start reading in verse number 1. Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on of of my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's read that verse number seven one more time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And for the next few minutes tonight, if joining us at your home and sitting off a couch, and I pray that you have your Bible open tonight. Uh, I really want to preach on this topic or this subject tonight. Is your faith conquering your fear? Is your faith conquering your fear? And with that being said, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll start off with uh, asking the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. So thankful for the privilege to open up your word once again. Lord, I'm thankful for... Uh, I'm thankful for a pastor who sticks by the stuff, who preaches your word straight. I'm thankful, Lord, for a church, a church family that we have, that we can, we can pray for one another and help one another through anything, Lord, no matter what comes our way. But above all, I'm thankful for what Jesus Christ did for me on Calvary and how he, he conquered death and conquered hell, conquered sin. And by the power of the Holy Spirit was raised three days later. I serve a God who's risen. I'm thankful for that, Father. I thank you for sending your Son. But Lord, tonight as we look at your Word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, you know my mind's kind of just scattered. There's so many thoughts going through. Help me to, Lord, be focused. Only preach what you want me to preach. Nothing more, nothing less, that you get all the honor and the glory. Sure thank you and love you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. may be seated. Well, no doubt this is a familiar passage to too many, and as we jump into 2 Timothy, we have, to, uh, we have to remember that Paul did write a letter to Timothy, Timothy uh, uh, 1 Timothy. He wrote it about four years prior to this, and uh, as you do a little study, you can remember that, uh, that you can learn that Timothy uh, had been ministering in Eph- uh, Ephesus excuse me, four years up to this time when, he, when, in, uh, when Timothy... Uh, 2 Timothy was, was written. He was no stranger to uh, the city of Ephesus, and for he helped Brother Paul there three years on Paul's third missionary journey. 
It had been almost four years since Paul wrote Timothy. And, and all the stuff that they had went through, Timothy actually tagged along and was with and a helper of Paul through his second and his third missionary journeys. And if you've read uh, through Acts, you know that there's so many places they went, so many times they were in distress, and they seen God pull them out of these situations. They'd been through a lot together. And so now, as, as, as Paul, the seasoned uh, veteran, if you want to say, the, the preacher who had been through so much, is now writing this letter, it's about A.D. 67. Now, that is important to know some dates, and, and you say, well, why is that? It's because uh, in A.D. 67 is when Paul, uh, is, 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 it's recorded that Paul was martyred then. And so it wasn't too long after this, after he writes Second Timothy, that he, he already knows that he's, he's in prison, he knows he's going to be uh, uh, sentenced to death, and at this time we, we have an emperor whose name is Nero. Now Nero was a man, uh, he was a young man actually, he, was, he had been born in A.D. 37, he took the throne at the age of 17 in A.D. 54. And so as he takes the throne, there's records that he, uh, by Josephus and other men who wrote that he actually wasn't a bad emperor at first. He, he, he had some problems. He had some situations in his life, no doubt. He, I don't think he was a, obviously not a follower of the Lord, but uh, he wanted to help Rome, and he actually cut taxes, did some things right the first couple years. But it wasn't too long when he, he got power hungry. And so as Nero took the throne uh, and took charge even more, he ends up uh, poisoning and killing his own mother. And then after killing two of his wives, whom he poisoned as well, uh, there, his, his streak of, of, of wanting attention, and, and he was into the theater, it was said that he even dressed up as an emperor and played parts on the theater stage. And this really threw people off that he would do something like this, uh, being the emperor, he's supposed to be in power, supposed to be up on the throne, taking care of the government, and, and now he's down here and doing some... He's just kind of a weird character if you had studied his life. But as Nero uh, uh, got a little bit older, um, we find 10 years later that he is now in, in AD, actually it's in AD 62, 64, excuse me, AD 64 is that uh, Nero sets fire to the city of Rome. Now, there's many different records that say maybe he did, maybe he didn't, there's more to prove that he did. And as Nero takes, takes over the place and, and he, uh, he sets fire there, he rebuilds this magnificent palace that he's going to live in. Now, I'm getting somewhere with all of this. And as he, as he rebuilds the palace, people are questioning why and how he would all of a sudden have this plan to instantly build a palace because it was in his, it was in his plan all along to... Uh, to destroy Rome, and many thousands of people died in this fire. This fire lasted six days and seven nights, and, and many thousands of people died because he was hungry for power. He was hungry to get his way, and pride rose up in him. And so as, as uh, the time, the table started to turn and, and time progressed, people caught on that he was a fake. And so now Nero, he, he seeks to... Uh, divert, divert all of the judgment that was going to be upon himself and chooses uh, a group of people called Christians who were followers of Christ to try to dump all of this blame onto them because they already had a, there was a conflict of interest already. And as he throws this conflict of interest and, and, uh, and, he, and he just throws all, this, all this, this blaming them for the fire, we find that 
the Christians were martyred. Thousands were tortured. There was different things that happened to them. And, and as time progressed, this is what happened as Paul finds himself one of the Christians who has now been arrested and he's sitting in prison. Paul knew Timothy would be facing unstable times. So he addresses one of Satan's deadliest weapons in his arsenal. And we have to understand it is a deadly weapon that Satan loves to use, and it's called fear. Fear is a huge, a huge thing. It's, it's, we, we undermine it too much, and so as, as Satan draws out the arrow, and, it, and he aims it at all of us, by the way, and he, and he wants to hit you with the dart of fear, it, 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 if you get hit with that dart of fear, and you're not, you don't have the armor on of God like you should, and you're not walking with God, you get stuck with that arrow, you can get infected. Right? And it can even go further into your life. You can get to a place in your life where you're run by fear instead of by faith. Instead of trusting God, you, 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 got, you look at things differently and everything around you seems to change when really God's still in control. And we see it even now. We've seen it even now uh, as this, has, this COVID-19 has taken over the world, by the way, not just a country. Uh, we're seeing our faith tested in some perilous times. We really are. Now, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I take precautions, but I'm not worried about it. Why? Because my Bible tells me God's in control. And when I have to remember that, and so really, as Paul writes this letter to Timothy, he knows this, that he's sitting in the cell, and his days are numbered. And shortly after this, he would be taken outside the city and beheaded for the cause of Christ. Now, and the same scenario is not for all of us, but the, the subject, the topic tonight is dealing with fear in our life. There has to be a way to deal with it. You don't, you don't deal with fear. Fear will run you. And you'll make choices that are wrong. And above all, will bring dishonor and shame to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our life will be a ruin. Why? Because fear likes to run on emotion. We know this. So we, know, we also know that there are many types of fears. I'll not go through all of them. We have, there's fears of spiders. I'm sure a lot of ladies would, oh yes, I know, Miss, uh, there's, there's, there's people around that uh, I can remember that have problem with fears. Maybe spiders is your fear. Uh, maybe, maybe snakes are your fear. I mean, I, I like snakes because they kill mice and when you live out in the, oh, no, no, Brother Andrew says no, he, he wants all snakes dead. Uh, they, it, maybe you have fear of, of heights. Uh, I don't have too bad a fear of heights. Uh, maybe you're claustrophobic. There's a astrophobia, which is a fear of thunder and lightning. I don't have that. I sleep really well uh, when, it, when it starts to thunder and light, lightning. Then there's uh, uh, mysophobia. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's the fear of germs, which nowadays we need to be a little more careful. Amen? Uh, but, but there are all kinds of fear in life. There's all kinds of fears that are out there. But what we have to remember is this, that uh, if, if we allow that fear to run us, we'll always make the wrong choices. We're going to find ourselves in a position in our life where we're going to turn around and realize we've gone down the wrong road. And so Paul now is writing this, and he says it in verse number 7, on purpose to Timothy. Now you say, well, Timothy seemed like he was a, he was a man that walked with God. He had strong faith. Well, he, it does say that. Look at verse number 5. The Bible says this, when I... Let's back up to verse number 4. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance 
the unfeigned faith that is in thee. I've read over that verse I don't know how many times and never really paid attention to the word unfeigned. But it's a very important word. The the word literally means this, not counterfeit. Not hypocritical. Sincere. This 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 one really tops it all off. Real. Literally what the word means is real. So what's he saying? Paul is saying this to Timothy. He's saying, when I call to remembrance the sincere, the real, the the uncounterfeit, the unhypocritical faith that you have, what's he saying? He's saying that you followed in the footsteps of your grandmother and your mother who truly had faith in God and lived by faith. You know what? Anybody can say they live by faith. Anybody can say that, oh yeah, I'm coming to church and I'm, and, and, uh, and I'm following the Lord, I'm bringing my Bible, I teach the Sunday school class, go on the bus routes. Obviously, we're not doing that right now, we understand that, but, but this is what I'm getting at. How's your faith right now sitting at home? If you've lost your job or, or things are, are, are pressures of life are coming upon you and you're wondering how things are going to get paid or, or, or you're, or you're fear, fearful about, about different situations in your life, I'm just trying to say uh, tonight that our faith is being tested in these times. How's your faith holding up? Uh, it's a good question to ask ourselves. We need to evaluate ourselves. Uh, is your faith conquering your fear? You say, well, I don't know. I, I'd have to stop and think about that for a minute. I'm not sure. Well, I'm thankful for this, that Paul goes on and he says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So this is what I know. When I am afraid, I can trust in Him. When I am afraid, I know this, that my fear of anything other than God is not of God. There's only one being, one person that we are to fear, and that is God Himself. And we know, what, we know what that fear is, and I've heard people say, well, that's just a respectful thing. No, 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 no. It is a, it is a reverence, yes, but he's still a consuming fire. And we have to realize who he is and who we are. Every breath that I take, every time my eyes bat, every time I, I do anything, the Bible says in Corinthians, I can do nothing without him. So I need him every single day. And there's, Paul says this, there's three things I want to remind you of, Timothy, to help you stay on the straight and narrow. Don't let fear come and take you. And I'm in prison, and I'm, I'm about ready to die for my faith, and I've, I've, I've run my course, I've kept the faith, I've, I'm doing everything that I believe that God would have me to do, and the time's going to come where you're going to be probably going through the same thing. I've studied, and I don't know, I'm not, maybe I haven't read it, come across it and read it yet, but it is believed to be that it wasn't too long after Timothy went through the same process. I don't know that for sure, that's just more hearsay or speculation. Uh, maybe there's something out there that says more and somebody could tell me, but uh, I do know this, that Timothy was going through hard times. Harder than what we're going through, by the way. Uh, I'm talking about your life's on the line. You can't even say the, the name of Jesus Christ, or, or you're going to be pulled in and, and thrown in prison, and, and at the end of it, you're not just sitting in prison, you're going to die. You're going to lose your family members. And, and what, what Nero was doing was beyond normal, by the way, he would wrap people up in, and tie them up in, in uh, these stiff clothes, and uh, uh, they, were, they were animal skins, and they would throw them out into the arena, and dogs would come and pull them apart. Uh, there was all kinds of, of scenarios and, and things that I've read in, in accounts where they would throw the, the families out into an arena with a, with a lion. And you know, we know what would happen. I mean, the lion would instantly go after them, and, 
And I'm just saying that they went through some things I cannot even fathom. Fear was very real at that time to them. Now, I'm not downplaying anything that we're going through even in our time right now. I'm just saying this, God's bigger than that fear. And when the Holy Spirit of God moved into your life and moved into mine, when the day I, I got saved, it would be, it's going to be next month, it'll be 20 years for me. May 20th or May 21st, I can't remember the date exactly, but I remember it was in May, I was 20 years old, the year was 2000, so it's going to be 20 years in May, the day I gave my life to Christ. And the day I gave my life to Christ, I know this, that the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible says He moved in and took up residence in my life, inside of me, this, the, he, he lives within me. And so that same Holy Spirit who, 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 who has the power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Think about that just for a minute. There's nothing too big for him. There's, nothing, there's no kind of fear that anything could ever throw at me that God can't help me through. And I don't know where you're at in your life tonight. I'm not sure uh, what you're going through. Maybe you're, you have lost your job or you're going to lose your job. Or maybe there's some family problems going on. Or maybe you know some, some loved ones who have this COVID-19. And, or you can name all kinds of things that it's just kind of scary right now. There's a lot of fear going around. And, and especially when you, when you watch the news and the, everybody's so worried. I'm just trying to tell you that there's hope in Jesus Christ if you'll trust Him. And Paul says this, he says this, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Now that us is, he's talking about, I believe he was talking to, to Timothy, but he's, he's talking about saved, born-again Christians. God didn't, he doesn't, he doesn't make you afraid just to watch you squirm and to see your life get tossed upside down for the fun of it. As a, good, as a wonderful heavenly father, this is what he says. I love you. I sent my son Jesus Christ to die for you. Not only that, I've given you the Holy Spirit of God. And when I gave you the Holy Spirit, I didn't, it, it didn't come with fear. Now, it is a human emotion, right? It is a human emotion. Uh, there's times in my life where I've, I've realized... Uh, that thing, I, I don't want to do that because that could hurt me, right? I mean, we understand that kind, of a, that kind of a thought of what fear is, but here it's not talking about that. It's talking about having the spirit of fear that everything around you is what? Out of control. Fear paralyzes us, right? It does. Uh, when, you're, when you have fear in your life, it just paralyzes. So Paul knows this, and he says, Timothy, let me remind you of three things that can counter and go against fear in your life, that can help you deal with the fear. Because God wants us to live by faith and not by fear. So he says this, number one, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you the spirit of power. He's given you power. Well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. What's that mean for me? Well, and we could say it like this, real faith that, that, that Timothy had. Paul says this, uh, uh, Timothy, your real faith, if you'll just stay close to God, your real faith in God will produce strength. It produces strength. That's what power is. It gives me the ability to do what God would have me to do. It gives me the ability to say this, I'm not helpless. Amen? I'm not helpless. No matter what happens in my life, no matter how bleak and dim it looks, uh, and the fear comes into my life, it looks like a situation that I can't handle. That's okay. I've got God on my side. And I know this, that He is my strength. 
I don't rely on Jim Wolfram to fix the problems. I know that I have someone else living inside of me, and I can, and I can seek him, and I can go to him. And there's too many people nowadays who are, who are, are just uh, are, they're so fearful that they are so weak in the faith. I would venture to say this, and I, I, I could be wrong, I don't believe I am, that there's going to be people all across America who used to be faithful in God's house, who will use this for an excuse to quit church. And they'll, say, they'll bring all kinds of accusations, and they'll say all kinds of fears and things, while well, I can't go, and I don't want to go back because I could get COVID-19. We don't know how long it's going to last. You could throw all kinds of excuses. They're just looking for a way out. I'm just trying to tell you this, that my God is bigger than that. And you can trust Him. You can rely and you can, re- you can get your strength from Him. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 27. I want to read a few verses to you here. Psalm chapter 27 and verse number 12, or 14, excuse me. Psalm 27, verse number 14. Hope you got your Bibles ready. You want to go to some Scripture here. Psalm 27, 14, the Bible says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall what? Strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Well, I tell you what, you wait on God. He's going to strengthen you and give you what you need to get through any trouble or trial that you have. Psalm, Psalm 138.3. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 138.3. I love this verse. The Bible says, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Well, I'm thankful that he's my strength. I'm thankful my source of strength doesn't come from my, and I mean this in the right way, and my wife would say the same thing. My strength doesn't come from her. My strength don't come from my children. My strength doesn't come from my pastor even, and just from anybody else. My strength comes from the Lord. And so when anybody else could fail me, or I failed anybody else, if they're looking to me, they're going to be sorry because I'm human. But my strength comes from God, and that, that source is unlimited, by the way. Anytime I want to talk to him, anytime I want to lay things on his shoulders, anytime I want to bring something to him that's just, uh, that looks like it's too big, I can understand this, that I can draw strength from God, and he's big enough to handle it. And then we have the, the, the verse Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which when I do that, strengthens me. When I do things through him, by faith, it strengthens me. Boy, isn't that so true? That is so true. But I understand this, as Paul is trying to encourage Timothy, he understands this, that Satan's dart of fear is very real. And Satan likes to do this. Satan's a bully, isn't he? I'll just be honest, it's my pet peeve above anything is bullies. 90% of the fights I've ever been in my life is because somebody was picking on a friend of mine or on me or somebody else. I can't stand bullies. So if you're a bully out there, uh, I'm praying for you, amen. But uh, bullies I can't stand. I can't stand people preying on somebody else. And guess what? That's what Satan's doing. Satan loves to do that. You say, well, what's Satan, what's Satan doing? Well, he's, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour you ever watched safari hunts or anything like that, or uh, uh, the safari videos, you find out that the lions, when they go after a water buffalo or they go after any kind of an animal that they're hunting for prey, 
They go for the weakest one. They go for the ones that are limping. They go for the ones that are weak and are tired, worn out. And I'm just telling to tell you tonight that if you have fear in your life and you allow that fear to run your life and you don't give it to God and live by faith, it's going to weaken you as a, as spiritually as a Christian. And, and guess what? You're going to fall prey to the things of Satan. You, you will. That's just the way it is. So number, number one, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, I want you to understand this, uh, to, to, to understand not to have the fear. Know this, that real faith produces strength. Real faith in God produces strength. But then he also says this. Uh, he says, but of power, y'all, he's given, God has given us, uh, for God hath not given us spirit of fear, but of power, and then he says of love. God's given us a spirit of love. What's that mean to me? Well, one of the, one of the probably one of the most clear characteristics of love is selflessness. When someone is selfless, it portrays love in the right in the right light. So not only number one here, you, we have an unlimited resource of strength from God when we live by faith, just like Timothy was living by faith. He had that real faith that Paul said. Not only uh, do we do we draw strength from God, but secondly tonight, uh, real faith in God reveals selflessness. Guess what? That's what God wants you and me. To live by is love. Love conquers all fear. If you've ever watched, uh, uh, there's different times I've seen videos where a uh, shooting would happen or something like that, or you hear of stories where uh, a, a wreck happened and the car's flipped over and a mama has her babies in the car, and there's actual stories of a uh, maybe a, a petite little woman who was able to move a whole car without any fear of that thing blowing up at all. Why? Because her love overrode her fear for those children. And I'm thankful for this, that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His love conquered any fear when He went to the cross for me and you. He bled and He died and He rose again for me and you. Why? Because that's what true love is. It's selfless. Paul's telling Timothy here, he says, not only are you going to go through these hard times, don't let fear take you over. One way to combat it is know this, that your strength comes from God. Secondly, no matter what they do to you, don't lose your love for people. Don't be self selfish. We understand this, and uh, you can see it even nowadays. I've, my family has pretty much uh, stayed home the whole time through this quarantine. I've had to go out a few times a week, a couple times a week, and and, uh, and try to buy these, they're, they're, they're called gold. Um, it's little disinfectant wipes, and they're gold, all right? I, I, I mean, you can't find them anywhere. I went to 14 stores two days ago, and you can't find them. And, uh, and I've seen some, uh, I've seen the selfish side of people when it comes to toilet paper and disinfectant wipes. I'm talking... You, you see people face-to-face ready to fist fight, and there's videos already out where people are fighting physically over grabbing one or two or five or however many they're getting. What am I saying? I'm saying this, that when you, when you get to a place where you don't love others, you become very selfish, and everything's about me, and I don't look out to look to help anybody else. 
Because i got to take care of number one, that's me. And so if we're not careful as Christians, and this is what Paul was saying to Timothy, he said, yes, you need to be strengthened by God, but also understand this, to have that, to continue with that unfeigned love, that real faith that you need, you need to understand that you got to have love. God's given us the spirit of love. And we must portray that, we must show that to others, even if we're being persecuted. Even if we're being persecuted. John chapter 3, verse 16. I mean, everybody can quote the verse, even people that don't even go to church. For God so loved the world that he gave. He was selfish, or selfless. He was, he was, he's never selfish. And so our God gave, and so this is what he's saying. I want you to, I want you to give back. And you say, well, Brother Jim, it's so hard that, that fear seems to override my love sometimes. Well, if you would, ter- turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter number 4. Let me read you a couple of verses here. 1 John chapter number 4. A great chapter on love, by the way. 1 John chapter number 4. We'll start reading in, uh, let's see, verse number, verse number 15. Whosoever shall con- confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we know and believe that love, believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. Boy, isn't that the truth? You ever been scared so bad that, uh, afraid of something so much that it just consumed you, consumed your thoughts, consumed everything about you? Uh, I've been there when uh, I used to get in trouble, uh, and I, I, would, I knew I had to go home, I had to face Dad, right? And after Brother Williams already gave me swats, and after Brother Babishag already gave me swats, then I was going to get more from Dad. And I didn't get enough, apparently. I needed more, but... I know this is that it created a, that kind of fear in me. I, I needed to have a little bit of fear, I guess, in that sense. But uh, this is what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm talking about when you have that such fear that your stomach is churning. And you're not sure of the outcome. This is what he's saying. He's saying to let love conquer that fear. And let love take over. You say, how do I do that? He says here that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And this is one of the key verses, verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. Many times we're just too selfish to want to give love back to God. I'm just here to tell you tonight that as Paul is telling Timothy that, that this is what you need to do, this is uh, keep, your, keep your eyes on, on the Lord, keep that unfeigned faith. Uh, you're going to have to first... Realize that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us but a power and of love. But then he says this, of a sound mind. Boy, this is an important one here. Of a sound mind. He's your strength. He wants us to show, and he also reveals that selflessness. But this is what it says also, that real faith in God brings... Stability, a sound mind. 
The term sound mind literally means, uh, speaks of a stability of thoughts, a wholeness, complete, uh, not missing anything. You ever heard people say, I'm, I'm losing my mind? I mean, uh, and, and boy, you've had those days, if you've had children and, and they're, they're just they're running you ragged and you're thinking, my goodness, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing, this is, this is going, I'm forgetting things now. And, and, and boy, that happens as you get older, I know. But this is what he's saying that uh, Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, boy, I know that you're going to draw your strength from him. Know this, that never get to a place where you don't love people even no matter what you're going through. But, but thirdly, realize that real faith in God brings stability. And so when that looks like the ground is, is shaky and the situation in your life uh, is, is overriding you and it, it looks like fear is going to win, know this, that with God, He's your rock. He's stable. He doesn't move. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, uh, that he, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a God that I serve who it doesn't matter what I'm going through, He's, he's my rock. And he is my shield, and, he, and, he's, and he's a solid foundation if, if I'll just build my life upon him. He's my stability. If you would, turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Very good verse here. Isaiah chapter 26. <clears throat> verse number 3. I got the right verse here. Nope. The wrong. It's the right verse. I had the wrong chapter here. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord. Forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Boy, what a what a promise that is! What a, what a what a foundation that I have when I've placed my faith and trust in God, and I and I follow Him, and I draw my strength from Him, and I realize that uh, that I, I have to be selfless in my life to be able to uh, show the love of Christ to others, no matter what I'm going through. And then to realize when I do that, it gives me stability in my life. It gives me a place where I, I got a solid foundation. It didn't, it didn't feel like my, the ground's coming out from under me every single day of my life. And, and you find people that don't walk with God. They don't have a relationship. They don't have any, any, any Bible reading time. They don't have any prayer time with God. Those are the people who it looks like their life is out there. They're walking on shifting sand. Uh, here last year, we got to go out to Florida. Me and Shelly did. Uh, celebrating our 20th, we were a year late, but uh, it, I, never, I never realized the shifting sand, what that meant until I got in the ocean. And I'd be standing there, and all of a sudden, it's like all the ground just moved out from under me, and uh, those riptides would pull you back out, and it's kind of dangerous in a way, it's fun in a way, but it's dangerous, and as that ground would be shifting, it reminded me of this passage, how people's lives, and we're talking about Christians, people that are saved, but don't live their life by faith. They don't have that unfeigned faith. They have a, a fake faith. They only come because that's what they're supposed to do. They don't have a walk with God. And you find that when times get really hard in their life, like they are now, and job situations and family, health, all these things hit them, 
that the ground underneath of them starts to move. Why? Because they haven't built their life upon the solid foundation. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about after salvation, like 2 Peter chapter 1, where you add to your faith these things. They haven't added those things. And so when the, when the troubles and the trials come, they're worried, sick, and fearful. And they might look at some others and they say, how in the world are they going through that? Because they have a walk with God. It's not hard to figure out. It's just simply this. This is what Paul's, uh, he's just trying to give a charge to Timothy. Timothy's already serving God faithfully. He's just trying to say this, that fear's going to try to overtake you. But know this, that your strength, you draw it from him. And when the times get real hard, and you want to ball up and draw in in your life and not look to anybody else, be selfless. Share the love of Christ. And know this, that if you'll do that, you'll have a stable, you'll have stability in your life. It won't, your life won't be like a roller coaster. I got a solid foundation. I'm building my, my house upon the rock, as it says in Matthew. My question to you tonight would be simply this. In your life tonight, are you building your life? Is your faith conquering your fear? I don't know where you're at. I don't know who's even listening tonight. Maybe everybody shut off. I don't know. But I know this, that if you're in a, in a hard, tight space in your life, a place where you're fearful and you're not sure what's going to happen, we should take these things that, that Paul has told Timothy, we can apply them to our life. I mean, they're for, they're for the Christian. Uh, they're for the Christian. They're for our, our faith. And that unfeigned faith is what I want for me and my family. I want a faith that is strong, that is real, that is sincere. That's not just going through the motions. And it's in the times that are hard, you'll find out who's real and who's not real. Say, Brother Jim, I don't know what else to do. Get on your knees tonight. Even in your living room, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who's around. And say, God, I'm wrong and you're right. I've been trusting myself. I've been trusting my hands to provide. I've been trusting myself to, to keep everything clean so I don't get this COVID-19. I've been, I've been doing everything out of my will, my own strength, my own power. I found myself just at the end of my rope, and, and now I, I'm looking up, Lord, I need you. That's what you need to say to God. Just admit you're wrong. That's just something we got to do from time to time is just say, God, I'm wrong, and you're right. And I'm ready, to, I'm ready to live with an unfeigned faith no matter what comes my way. I'm telling you what, the testimony of Timothy was so, it's so compelling to me because I want, that, I want that unfeigned faith for me. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know. I don't know all the, I know, I know that this letter was written to a preacher, right? But the application's to Christians too. I'm not sure where you're at. I just know this, that fear doesn't have to rule you. Whatever the horizon holds for you and I, I, can, I, I, this is one thing I know. That every single day I can have a walk with God to draw strength from. That I don't have to be self... I didn't, it doesn't always have to be about me. I need to love people no matter what's going on. Even in persecution. But then also knowing this, that when I do that, i got stability in my life. You're tired of the, of the, of the things going on in your life that just feels like shifting sand? Tonight would be the, the best time to say this. God, I'm wrong and you're right. I'm, I'm ready to make some things right. I want that real, that real faith that, that is talked about with Timothy.
what God, God wants that for your life. He wants that for my family, for me, for all of us, for our church. I just pray this, that we would seek Him tonight. Not play games with God no more. and Say, Lord, no matter what you want out of me, I'm going to give my life to you tonight. I'm going to stick by the stuff. I'm going to do things your way. I'll tell you what, if you'll do that, God can give you the victory over any kind of fear that you're going through. It is unfortunate that so many nowadays, especially with what's going on, it's not going to help you to sit on your couch and eat Rolaids and take Prozac and all of that and, and, and hope things are going to change. You need to trust God. I'm just trying to be real tonight. You just need to trust the Lord. Some pill ain't going to fix your problem. God's going to fix your problem. Or he'll fix you in the problem. That's probably more of what will happen. I'm just saying this tonight. Give things to God and do it his way. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're so thankful that we have opportunity, Lord, just to bring any fear in our life to you. My mind was kind of running around tonight, but I hope it was clear that our strength is drawn from you. Lord, that the times where I need to love people, that I'll realize that I need to be selfless. And also realize this, that any stability in my life comes from you, Father. And so, Lord, I pray that as Paul challenged Timothy, that your word would challenge us tonight to follow you. We love you, we thank you, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The music is going to play for just a short time, maybe if you're in your your living room, or I don't know where you're at, maybe you're in your bedroom sitting on the bed and you're watching this, tonight I would just challenge you to make and do business with God wherever you're at. He's bigger than that fear, He can take care of any problem you have, if you'll just do it His way.